Alex. We finally made it, bro. I know we did it. So welcome, man. Welcome to the pod. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Just been busy, busy, but been good. So we finally had the first, what would it be, um, reference that I think I've had on. So uh, Austin, obviously, from Duvin. Yeah. Brought you up pretty well, man. He said a lot of good words. That's so. the man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with first what we have going on behind us, kind of what the business is, name and everything. Share with us that. Yeah. So uh, my brand name is called Pearl Ivory. Um, we basically are a curated vintage brand and a, a design label. Um, so what kind of that kind of means is like we curate to a specific style. And all of these items are from like anywhere from the 40s to like the 90s. So they're old as hell. Um, but yeah, so behind us right now is just all the inventory that we currently have is probably about like 500 to 600 pieces right now in the store. Oh, wow. Um, we have some more in our actual storage unit and, um, yeah, so that's kind of the main business model, like to summarize everything. Um, and then we design, um, collections that we specifically like curate and cut and sew and everything like that. How old are you by the way? 25. Oh, nice. Um, if you've kind of noticed a trend, I don't think I have anyone older than... How old is Austin? 20. Well, no, he's 07, so he's like yeah. a year older than me anyway. Yeah, so I don't think I've had anyone over 34, 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a young Shit, crowd. I think Austin's the oldest one yeah, we have. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, so you got into clothes through Duvin, or were you already kind of like into that? Whole? Yeah, so I was... My dad actually, um, ever since I was growing up, he actually had his own company where he would sell like luxury leather jackets. Um, and he would go on like, so back then the internet wasn't massive. Um, so what he would do is the business model would be like, he would go to, um, trade shows yeah, yeah. and he would sell all of his products through trade shows. And which, which type of trade shows? Um, mostly like, like there was some, like you would basically like purchase a ticket to go in and basically buy For like from, clothing. Yeah. Mainly okay. clothing. Um, there was like jewelry and stuff like that. Kind of like a like a realm of like curated brands and different companies. So that's the the wholesale side of it, right? Um so or he did both. Um he did like straight to consumer where like retail and then he would also do wholesale to a, like a few boutique stores. Um but mainly like straight to the consumer. Um so, so a little bit just to catch everyone up. Mm-hmm. So with these shows there's mainly two styles for clothing, right? You have the ones where you're selling to wholesale companies or buying from wholesale companies, right? right? And then you have the ones where you're actually selling your product direct to the consumer themselves, the individuals. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so then you're, you said your dad started doing that? Yeah, What yeah. kind of clothes was he doing? So it was what? mainly just straight leather. Um, he did only le- – he got, like, leather from, like, Italy. and So my dad's from Turkey. Okay. Um, so everything he got imported from, like, Italian leather, like, the best leather that you can get. Um, so ever kind of since I was growing up, I just – loved i just was like i guess subconsciously in it um i played soccer like my whole life and i played in college and i was like i want to be a professional you know and that was always like the dream until you get to college and you're like probably not gonna do this the rest of my life i I did the same thing yeah so yeah so (laughs) you get it yeah and you're like this injury (laughs) shit that's not for me um so i played for like i played soccer my whole life and then um probably in the summer, uh, when I lived in Miami, so the culture of Miami is very different than Orlando. Um, very, very um, focused on you know the culture and just like fashion is more like pushed there. Yep. Um, and I remember just like going to different stores and retail stores and like pop ups that would just pop up in like Winwood and shit. 
and I just loved it. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was like mainly just like other brands. Um, and I remember coming back my junior summer of college and I was like, this is kind of what I want to get into. I was like, this is like what I feel like most, um, I get just, yeah, most passionate for. I, I have a degree in biology. Hell yeah. Definitely use that. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you, <laughs> you think that was going? Yeah, I was like, I so I shadow, I wanted to be a PA. Um, so I played college soccer and I was like, you know what, going into like the biology, like health route is always a good route. Yeah. Um, and my brother did um, like a health route in his school. So I was like, okay, well, I should probably do something similar. <laughs> and I remember just like, I shadowed a PA. And again, nothing against, you know, we, you save lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty important. It's way um, more important than. Yeah, selling like close. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just like didn't like it. I was like, this nine to five thing wasn't really for me. Um, I think it was just like, and there was like a, the, I think I had a lot of creativity in me that I just like don't think I could have been able, it exactly, it been able to express in the whole scheme of things. So I was just involved in that. And I was like, this isn't really what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just kind of started the journey probably in like 20... 18 2017 okay around there, like five years and like just like studying like brands and different things like that so, so that's I, I don't know if you heard uh on austin by the way so it's kind of funny that we're talking about the sports and what you thought you were gonna do too when you were a child though what was your dream job damn as a probably child. a pro soccer player even at like eight years old yeah I, right. so my dad played soccer my brother played soccer it was just like the biggest thing in our family and like that's something that like i was just like dropped into that shit like, <laughs> right at birth like they just threw me on the field kind of thing and I was just like this is what I want to do and like I loved it and I was obsessed with it and then as time grew on I was like I'm not as obsessed with it I'm so, not as good as I even thought yeah I was, <laughs> I was like damn there's some good ass people yeah. out here you start realizing you're like damn I thought it was a hot shit and then yeah you start doing travel leagues you're like, and you're like oh, all right well, yeah. yeah they're way better yeah exactly so all right so then when you came out of high school or college right mm -hmm. what did what where did your career kind of go there to start? So I, um, so I got out of college. Um, so I stayed at my school. Um, it's called Barry University yep. in Miami. I stayed there for three years, and then I came back home, and I finished school at UCF. Um, I finished school at UCF, and I was just like, um, you know what? Like, I'm just going to give this shit a go. You know, like, I was living, I lived with my parents. I was living at my parents' house, and I was like, I'm 21, and I'm like, I don't, I'm just young as shit. I might yeah. as well give it a go and see where I go. I have no overhead. I don't have kids. I don't have anything. I might as well just like see take where all this the goes. chances now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I just started doing that. And then, um, like slowly but surely I started like, I started, uh, I had two brands before this brand. Um, and before even Duvin before, and everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, probably like one brand before Duvin. Okay. And then it just didn't really work out. And then I got involved with Duvin because um, my cousin is actually dating Sean. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I would be like, Gabby, get me in the door with <laughs> Do them. Do your I'm, thing. Yeah, you're my family. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, let me get in the, like, I just, I don't want to get paid. I don't want to get anything. I just want to be in the room with them. I just want to like. Pick up everything yeah, knowledge-wise. Anything, anything I can learn. I just want to be in there with them. Um, so. I was like studying all the stuff then and like I would do the whole screen printing on like Gildan Tees and then I was like, this isn't the quality that I want. And I'm like, how do I get there? I don't know how to get there. Um, and I'm like, and I think that's when I started my, my internship. 
And then, so, were you in Miami still, or did you kind of come back? I up came here? home. Okay, yeah, I came to Orlando. So, what made you? And living in Orlando, did you think this is where you kind of wanted to create something? Did you ever think of... Yeah, I thought about going to New York and L.A. like everyone does. Um, I think, and like I still have thoughts about that now. Um, But I think as time grew on, it was like I could go to New York or I can go to L.A. And everything's already solidified there. There's the the brands that are like the shit there. They already have their thing going. Same with New York. And I'm like, who's doing it in New York? Orlando that's like wants to do the same style as me and I don't think there was and it it took me a while to like get to the style that I want stylistically um but I was like let me just stay here let me try to like be the pioneer in the city or like try to push something that is unique here rather than going to New York and being another number you know what's cool is almost every guest I've had on and it's it's interesting because I obviously started this with an Orlando based mindset and every guest had the same thing where they're like, you know, we either picked up other ideas from other cities, other places, and then realized like, damn, Orlando has the potential, but we're just missing so many little fucking pieces. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then now everyone's kind of starting their own and you see Orlando kind of changing. Finally. Yeah, for real. It's, it's amazing. Been, it's been stagnant as fuck for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and then now it's like, all right, Creativity's cool getting pushed. Creativity's here. We got, exactly. I mean, it took us, what, I don't know how long till we got coffee shops. Like yeah. real legit like coffee real, shops. Yeah. And they're some of the best in... Honestly, anywhere I've traveled, like I've been in, I was in New York recently and like, I haven't found a coffee shop that like even compares to some of the ones that I like here. Yeah. You I got, know, I got a little, uh, I got D- I lived in DC for a little. Oh, okay. So they, they have some dope they coffee shops it. and I was like, man, I get so many way cooler ideas sitting in these coffee shops and agreed anything I was doing anywhere else. I was agreed. I'm like, yeah. this is the fucking That's where move. I go to like this do a lot move. of work. Yeah. yeah. I leave here. I don't even like being here sometimes. I'm like, let me go, go to, to a coffee, coffee shop. shop. Yeah. A little weed, a little something yeah, helps you're out. Good. And all, yeah. the, all the creative things come exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> so then what was your first style brand that you first started? The one you said, I think, didn't yeah, yeah. do so well. Um, I started a brand called True Mind. Shit brand name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, um, you know, it's crazy how important brand names oh, are. Oh, yeah. It's like. And it took me forever to figure it out. And I'm like, this is it. And then I look back. I'm like, that was not it. That was, it not no, even close. No. Um. So I started it and I just did like some screen printing shit. I remember just like me and my friend, his name is Jordan, and we would be at Starbucks until like they'd close. And I would design on like a free design thing like on like the internet or something, like not even Photoshop or Illustrator. I was just like putting lines together and like showing him like, bro, this is fire. And he's like, that's fire. Oh God. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was not fire. Um, and so I started there and I like screen printed my first tees. And I remember just like, it was like 50 tees or something, shit like that. And it was like 300 bucks. And back then I'm like, fuck, $300 is Did a lot. Did you have the 300? Did you have I, the Yeah. I, I, I like, I went to work for my dad in Chicago with him to, at a trade show. And he's like, I'll give you the 300 if you just like work help me. me work and sell clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, I can do that. I got and that. being there too, I'm like, I could sell clothes. I could slang clothes. So I was like, this is kind of like the business that I feel passionate about selling. Is that when it maybe all kind of yeah, it kind tr- of like trigger ticked for you or like a little ah, bit. I think this might be it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember just being there and like talking to people about it and just like really going in on like the quality aspect of like the leather and explaining it and just like you know when you just like ramble on and feel and really like, passionate yep, about then it? Then you pause like, at the end and you're, you're like, like, damn, I got into yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the people are like, this is, yeah, I'll this buy guy, it. This guy likes this shit. Yeah. Then I like this shit. Because it's so contagious. Yep. So um, 
that was like another like you know step in the right direction i think subconsciously of like what i wanted to do and then um printed the t-shirts i remember i put it on shopify like um created a website and like i sold like 10 and i made like it was like 20 bucks and it was like i made like 200 bucks and i didn't even like cover the cost and i was just like giving shit away for free and stuff like that um and i remember just being like this is not the quality that i want to what was your mindset when you saw that return? I was like, damn it. It's like, fuck. <laughs> fuck me. This I is... thought I was going to sling yeah, this shit. I My buddy it... said it was fire, I too. I was slanging yeah. back in Chicago. With um, the good shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Way better stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just like a, an eye-opener a little bit. And, like, I think people have, like, this perspective when they start a clothing brand. It's like, I'm going to sell out the first, you know, whatever collection that we have. That's not the I'm gonna say, I don't, I don't even know if I've ever heard of anyone yeah, hitting it pretty, off the, right off the bat. Yeah, no, it's so difficult. And um, yeah, so it just kind of like made me go back to the drawing board, you know, and be like, okay, let's look back. And like, it took me like, probably like I was like, maybe like six months off. And then I started to get back into clothes. And that's when I was selling vintage. So when you got that response mm-hmm. of what, how much sold, mm-hmm. where did your mindset go? Did you think, hey, maybe this isn't what I should be doing right. or did it motivate you and say, fuck, I need to go after it harder. Or yeah. Was it little- I think it just kind of like made me go back. Uh, yeah. Essentially it made me go back to like the drawing board and was just like, okay, what am I good at? You know, I, I'm not a graphic designer and that's kind of like what I figured out. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't know shit about Photoshop or illustrator or anything like that. I can't design these things like all these other brands do. And I thought that's kind of what I wanted the brand to be was like a graphic design oriented brand. And you know, as time went on, like my style has changed drastically. Um, and I just kind of realized like, I'm not really a designer, uh, in terms of like, I can't sketch things like I can sketch things now, but I can't like graphic stuff on like a t-shirt. And that back then that's when shit was, that's yeah, the shit that was have moving. The technology either. Yeah. So back then you had to kinda. do a little more hands on yeah, and all yeah. those little and, details. And back then that's when like, that's the shit that was moving like graphic t-shirts and stuff like that. Like that's like the entry level garment. Yep. to like start a brand um and i just didn't have you know um and then i moved into the vintage game so and where did you feel your strength was though uh i think my eye like okay. my vision and like my uh i guess like putting things together stylistically the creativity and, just, and yeah okay. like i think i could create an identity and a look um well and I think I did that and I could do that back then. And now I think I'm more knowledgeable on like really how to do those things. Yeah. But I think like I knew what I wanted and I knew what it should felt like and I knew what the look should have been, but I just didn't have the knowledge yet to like really how to get there. Exactly. Okay. So then, and then, so that one f- first failed. The oh, true, yeah. Was it true? What? True mind. True mind. Yeah. Yeah, Again, not a good brand name. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. I would not think that was close. No, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. True mine. Yeah. Isn't what's what? Isn't there a true? What am I? True religion. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a pretty shitty name too. I don't know yeah, how they got there. The word true, just the whole true, thing. and then add religion. Yeah, to it. Like, what, yeah. Like what is this? I Catholic guess. church. Yeah. Facts. Um. So then, so then from there, so when you kind of hit that twenty item, twenty mm-hmm. items or two hundred bucks. Where did that go? When you hit the drawing board, then what? I just... Where did you pivot? I just... Uh, so I pivoted. So I, what, that was when I, like, was back. I was at UCF. Okay. Um, I was just trying to finish school and, like, kind of figure out what I wanted to do. I knew it wasn't in biology. And, like, my parents kind of, like, pushed me, like... Back to school? 
not even back to school. It's just they wanted. Of course, they want an education. Like my parents are like, uh, like my mom is Puerto Rican, my dad's Turkish, and like they just are like the first people to be in the United States. Oh, cool. So they're cool. like education, education. Yeah. Um, which is totally understandable. Um, and I was in biology, and I was like, I had like one semester left, and I was like, man, this is ass. I really <laughs> don't want to do this. School sucks. Yeah. And I was like, nothing is hitting for me in this uh, industry, essentially. Um, and so I was like, okay, I don't want to be a PA. And I was telling my parents that. And they're like, why don't you try medical sales? And I'm like, okay. And that, so I talked to like one of like our family members that like are in medical sales. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't care about money that much. Like, I know you can make a great living off of it. It's not a, pa- it's not it's a not, passion driven yeah, job. It's not something that I feel like I'm born to do. Yeah. Um, so I remember just being there and being like, okay, like, what am I going to do? And on Wednesdays at UCF, there was like, uh, students sell clothes or like just sell anything. It's like a sales a little day. farmer's market yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing, kind of okay. thing on, on campus. Nice. And there was like some dudes that I'm like friends with now and they were selling vintage clothes. And I remember just like going through the racks and stuff and I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, I, this is awesome. I'm like, I love the feeling of this. Like this, I like the graphic on this. Like, this is so cool. So I was like, okay, if they're, and I'm like sitting like watching back like in like more of like a broader view of like the tent and it's filled up and i'm like damn these guys must be making bank yeah and like as well as just like they just look like they're loving it especially as a college kid yeah exactly like Like, they're eating that shit up and i'm like okay like i love the quality aspect of vintage um and i also just like was loving like the aesthetic and like the feelings of things so i was like i could do that you know i could easily do that so I tried to like, I would go to, I started off like going to Goodwills and like doing that stuff. And it wasn't like this. Uh, it was very much like, this is old. I could sell it. It wasn't curated. It wasn't like super focused on like a identity and a style. It was just going it was for like, almost old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, vintage. this is old and vintage. Like this is from the nineties or even the 2000, like early 2000s. I know I could sell this for money. It was more like get it and push it. So you were at that point, you're almost going just more for money in a or way seeing where Cause I was this like, could go, but not so much of the yeah, creativity like this. side. No, no, things. no. And I was like, this can definitely help me fund my next project. Um, so I remember just like, I posted some shit on like my Instagram or something and was like, Hey, selling these clothes, if you want it, hit me up. And I remember I sold like all of them that day. How many did you have? It was like roughly 15 like t-shirts or some shit. But in one day. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty nice. Um, (laughs) Better than the 20 on. Yeah, on the other one. Um, And I was like, okay, this is great. Uh, And then I started like loving it more just because it's like the feeling and texture and like the fading and the quality of vintage pieces is better than anything. Yeah. On, on the market now, and I still stand behind that. Like, the, if you don't mind me asking, what 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 makes it that good? Yeah, or what made old stuff better better than, than now? Yeah. It's, so, for instance, like there was like a different like Levi's vintage Levi's. For one, the age, right? Like these garments behind us, they're all thirty plus years old, Jesus. and they're still intact, and they're still are great and durable and everything like Sounds that. Sounds just like me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Thirty plus years old. Yeah, that should be your new model, bro. Fuck yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were just like super durable and like the quality, like they will live on longer than the people that wore it probably. Yeah. Um, so right. there was like something there that like the quality aspect was just different now, and a lot of these items are made in USA from back in like the eighties and seventies and the nineties. So all of like the quality, everything was just honed in. And like, there was such a like uh, craftsmanship 
in the U.S. So wasn't it more handmade back then? Yeah, than Obviously, exactly. now it's probably all machine-made. And it's also part. very much imported from other Everywhere countries. Else. Yeah, exactly. But everything here was, like, mostly made in USA. So just, like, even, like, the denim back then, like, in Levi's, like, they just did, like, such a different, um, I guess, manufacturing process than they would, like, man- like just sh- pushing it as much as they can, like, out of other countries now. And so just... It's probably more back then was qu- quality over quantity. Now, obviously, it's, it's like the opposite. opposite. And now you have so many fast fashion houses that are like pushing, like, there's no way that a shirt should be $5 yeah. and you're making any margin on that. <laughs> that's crazy. You know, yeah. like, it, and that's why these tees, like, if you go to H&M or something like that, or Shein, which is really big, like, and you buy a shirt, it's going to last twice, like yeah, two yeah. washes, and yeah. then it's shot. These, or one. Yeah, or even one. Like it it yeah. depends how you wash it, you know? <laughs> Dude, I do it on cold. I thought that's yeah, what I'm supposed to do. It still I comes out ass. Really ass. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a, it's a one shot. Yeah. That's but it. these items last 30, 40, 50 years, Damn. you know? So the quality aspect, like, really drew me in. Um, and I just started doing that. And then um, that's when I started my next brand. But before that, I got into my internship. Okay. So, so before even the internship, because mm-hmm. we'll dig into that. So you were just doing the selling on Instagram at the time. Did you do more of that? So I did. I did more of that. And then I was like, same way. Yeah. Yeah. And I did some markets. Um, this was actually, um, a little bit after the internship too. Um, so this was like after I'm getting my timelines a little wrong, but like after the internship I got, yeah, it's it's all back then. Um, so back then, uh, I, I would do like market days and like other shit like that at like Foxtail and like, Oh, yeah. Some other My stuff downtown. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Good cop. And um, just stuff like that. And then I just started moving more stuff like that. And then things grew. And yeah. So you still weren't creating? No. Yet. Okay. No. So yep. you, even going into the intern, you weren't creating yet? No. I was, it was very much like I knew this is what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how. Okay. So that, I mean, that internship was like yeah, perfect. That, like, that all helped right. me a lot. Yeah, I yeah. know this is it, but now yeah. let's figure out how this even works. Because I'm like looking at these guys and I'm like, these are the only dudes, because back then it's like, even I had a perspective then too, where it's like, you know, you ask someone like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I have a clothing brand. And then there, it's just, there's like this misconception in society where it's like, oh, that seems like a hobby. You know what I mean? Like people don't take it literal. Like this is what I fucking do. Yeah. You know, like they don't really take it for what so, it is. I feel like fashion and acting is almost kind of viewed the same. Like yeah. if someone just like, oh, I'm an actor. Or music. Like yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, I'm you sure know? you are. Cool. Exactly. So what else do you actually do every yeah, day? Yeah, like what else do you do actually do? <laughs> well, yeah, so it's yeah. something, and they're like, no, I actually do this. Yeah. And I remember like having that conversation or like viewing that and being like, these are the only dudes in Orlando that are actually like doing it, like for real. Yeah. And I was like, I need to get in that door. And I didn't stop until I got in the door. So for everyone out there listening, we're referring to Duvin, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously – you know, the online shop, if you want any cool clothes, essentially at all. Um, and we had Austin on. So uh, Alex here ended up interning for Austin. Uh, and so how you, you got into it through your cousin. Yeah, my Katie, cousin. Uh, mm-hmm. the, another co-founder, right? Yeah, to, through Sean. How long, how long did it take for you to get your cousin to get Sean to, get me to in bring there? you in? Um, it took a couple, a, lot, a little bit. It took some oh, months. Oh, your sales skills. Were, yeah, yeah like, it took right, some months. Let's see what you got. Um, it was more like... <laughs> You know, bringing on an intern is like, like we have an intern now um, and it's like a process. Like you don't know where to put them, you know, like you're functioning with like your core group of people. 
where the hell are you going to place this dude that's ju- – is he just going to take up space? Like, yeah. what the fuck is he going to do? Yeah. Um, so I think that was, like, a process that they were trying to figure out until they grew to a point where they're like, no, we need help. Yeah. You know, um, we can't just Was it just, just do- them three at the time? Mm-hmm. At the time it was you got in? or Them three and, like, a, uh, I think there was, like, a like a, a manager that helps, like, ship things out. Okay, and, like, like keep a coordinator everything. kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah, that helps every organize the – basically, like, the storage – and everything like yeah. that um, in the office. So it was just them four. And then I remember going in. Oh, so you were in there early, early too. Oh, yeah. And I remember just like, oh, man, I was fucking so excited. Like, or, did they have any clothes in their house still? Uh, no. At that time? No, no. They were like growing. Like, they got out of, of that. Sca- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were finally out of like an office space. I think it was in like Winter Garden or something. Okay. Yeah. And then so when you first got in there, what was your first? I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Intimidating at all? Or? Um. Because there's got to be some shit that runs through your mind. Yeah, like. uh, I think it was a little bit intimidating at first, just because it was like, I think, it, honestly, I wasn't intimidated, and it wasn't a confidence or like an arrogance thing. It was more like, well, if these guys can do it, I could do it. You That's know what I mean? It, it, they showed that and proved that it's doable no matter where you're at. You don't need to be in New York or L.A. Yeah. You could be in Orlando in Winter Garden and have a functioning, great functioning brand that's doing amazing stuff. That's like the best brand to intern clothing wise. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like if you were to intern almost any other fashion company, yeah. it's probably intimidating as fuck. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just, they're very intense, very like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're like chill oh, so guys. Like, back. yo, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is why we do this. Yeah. And, yeah, and this that's is the, the yeah. design thing. And I remember like, I think it was just the best situation for me. And I would always tell anyone that's like trying to get into whatever to get an internship and don't get it with a corporate company like don't get it with like old name yeah, you get lost like in gucci it. or some shit because you don't mean shit to them yeah. you're gonna go get coffee for them that's and, probably yeah it's some and kind I, of tax write-off at the end of the yeah day. exactly they don't give a fuck about you. yeah they don't care about you so yeah. like me being there and being the fifth dude was awesome and like they actually spoke to me and i talked to them about a lot of different things they and have like, time to answer your questions yeah, exactly and they they were so like like they had their own shit to do. Like they were like running, yeah, yeah. like growing this and they were sprinting and it was cool to like, you know, have days where I was able to ask them questions and like talk to them about certain things. And like, of course they had like, you just had to pick and choose when they were available. Correct. You know yeah. what I mean? Just cause they have their own shit to do. Yeah. So I think just me like being in there and like being in the environment, like, you know, was the, all I wanted. And they're like, I didn't want anything. I didn't want any money, you know, like whatever I made from the vintage stuff, like cover the gas. And like, they helped me with gas sometimes. So are you still kind of selling vintage yeah, stuff? Yeah, just to like, just to kind of get you through Yeah, life. like, or, like figuring out other jobs, like doing some like lacrosse tournament, like to like, I don't know, just little shits. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is, I can make 200 bucks here on a weekend. Let me do it. So the money you were essentially making was more so just to help you get by, but your focus was I wanted interning, do, learning, yeah, all this All shit. that. Okay. Like whatever I money I had, I'm like... I just want to get, like, I'm using it for gas. Because I lived, like, at the time, I lived, like, 45 minutes from them. Um, and I just, like, I want to be there. And I'd be there at, like, 8 a.m. or whatever time they needed me. I was there always on time. And yeah, he had a lot of good things to say about you. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I loved it. And it was just, like, such an eye-opening thing for me. And it just made me feel, like, really, you know, like just one supported and not making like you come from like a background where it's like you're pushed in education and other things like that. Or like even like your other friends are like going to college to be finance major or something like that. in like another field where they're like, they're in a job after college. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Oh, like, or they think they will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> One or the other. Or trying to do something. But, like, for me, it was, like, you know, people just thought I was, like, a little bit delusional at the time. And I was. Um, I, Everyone but, that ends up growing something you real. You have to be. Yeah. None of them are like, yeah, I went through all four years of college. And like, I grew wow. this. Yeah, no. Yeah. It was always one all of those. All of them drop out. Yeah. Like it, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, all of them were drop out. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they knew what the, there was like something that they were chasing. Yeah. And I think for me, this was like that initial step for me to like prove to me like, okay, this is what I needed to do. And like what I mainly helped with was like I helped packing orders and organizing the office and like. Sean helped me get involved with like some stores to like reach out and like some other stuff like that to like grow the brand a little bit. And like, I remember watching Austin cause Austin was basically like the main dude I was watching. Mm-hmm. Like Austin was the guy that I'm like, that's my role that's model. Guy. Yeah. That's my like mentor. <laughs> you know what I mean? And still is to today. If I ever have anything, he's always there. Oh, um, man. which is amazing. He's a fucking great dude. All three of them are great. Um, and I remember just like, watching him design and stuff like that and just like envisioning myself in those shoes one day and it's cool to be in those shoes now yeah you know um but kind of cool seeing it all come full circle where you're like i hope i get there one day this is what i do want to do and then when you have that moment you're like oh shit i'm here now yeah it's kind of all right now it's now you got to turn up another Yeah, exactly. Notch. So now, yeah. And <laughs> your, like, just like scale. a few seconds to embrace it. And then, and then you're like, yeah, fuck it. We got to keep going. Yeah. yeah. Can't that's breathe. Like a, exactly. Let's go. But it was, it was like the best thing that probably ever happened to me. But it's one of those things too where like, and I think what Austin said was more of like, what it didn't matter what he said to me. I was going to do this, yeah. you know? And like, it didn't matter what anyone said to me. I didn't care if anyone was like, that's so fucking stupid. Didn't matter to me. Everyone's gonna. Everyone, yeah, I everyone. had so many people tell me that. Like, are you sure? Sh- like, you, maybe you should get a regular job. Like, yeah. I'm like, should, maybe I should, no. but I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. Like, or else I would have. You know, like I, I had like sales jobs and shit like that. Like, I'm, I sold like software online, like on LinkedIn and stuff, and I would just be on like Zoom calls and stuff. And like, I made probably the most money I've ever made during that time in that, like, what I was doing. Yeah. But like, I didn't care. Yeah. Like I didn't want, like, you know, you make good money and it hits your account and you're like, I still have to do this again, again and again and again. And, again, and, again, and yeah. I don't want to do this. It's, and I just quit. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. And I just like tried everything I can to be where I'm at now. You know, I think we're, mo- I probably, I mean, I'm making up this number, but it's probably right. I think over 95% of people that want to start something never start it mainly because they take too much time trying to, to hear think. yeah to think to listen what others opinions are mm-hmm. and everyone's going to bash your idea because one they didn't create it right. two it's just an idea mm-hmm. and normally if it's not some basic on track idea they're always going to shoot it down exactly uh and that's kind of i remember the part i'm sure you listened to it too and austin was like you know everyone wants to uh pick your brain pick your brain and it gets to a point where you're like, dude, you picked my brain 20 times. When are you going to just do it? Like, yeah. Do it. Yeah. That's... Uh, and he's like, the one person that did it yeah. was like, this guy picked my brain. And then all of a sudden he's like, peace, I'm out. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, you, ha- you have to. You have to jump in. Yeah. You can't like, once you start overthinking and it, there's always a time where, you know, people are going to be like, I'm going to do this when this happens. Yeah. You know, and there's never a right time. Yeah. There's never, there's never ever going to be a right time. You just have to do it and figure it out. And like so many people are like, well, I don't know how, you know, and I like, I think I, I went to like a Tony Robbins seminar once. Um, and he said like, I think it was as long as your why is big enough, the what will come later. Yep. And ever since then I was like, fuck it. I just got to do whatever I want to do, you know? And I think life is just too short to not like do what you really want to do and like bring 
whatever you have in your head to yeah. life. You know? Yeah, I think the worst mistake any of us make is we come up with an idea, we find every reason why we should do it, and then you just sit, sit there for too long, and then all that does, human nature, your mind's going to start talking you out of it. Yeah. It's very rare that on your own you're going to talk yourself into it if you wait too long. Exactly. Because all the negatives will come up first. Like, exactly. Sadly, yeah, yeah. our brain will always try to find out the reasons why you'll fail first yeah. instead of... How will it succeed? We're just trying to protect ourselves. Yeah. We've got and that at, prehistoric at, brain. At that yeah. time, when you, when you want to do something and you've at least put that plan, you're like, cool, this is something I could do. That's the moment you got to just go. Yeah. You got to jump. Do it. Yeah. Go. Exactly. Don't hesitate. Agreed. If you hesitate, you're fucked. Yeah, for real. It's like with sports. If you hesitate, up, you know, up the bat, well, you're fucked. fucked. You're struck out. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it. You can't, can't overthink anything. You just have to kind of do it. You'll figure it out. Well, you know? What would you say your, your why is? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think it's to to show that you don't need you you can be your own resource and you could be resourceful without necessarily the resources around you. You know, um, and I think just like being able to show. I I think at one point I would like to get in my life where you know, my, me and my family can live fine financially, and then just be able to help people like do what they want to do. Um, whether it's like showing them the ropes or like, and I think there's a thing too, where, you know, in business, like you don't want to give away like certain details or whatever, but I I think there comes a point too, where depending on who it is, you can tell them everything you do in your company and you could tell them how to do it, but 99% of them won't do it. Correct. You know? Um, and I think I'm looking for those. still see all the risks. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm looking for the one percenters that do that. And like, that's our intern is like the same, like how, how I was when, and like we get hit up all the time about people like, Hey, I'm in fashion school and I need to get an internship for the summer. Can I intern with you? And we're like, Oh, we're all booked up. Um, and then this one girl, particularly her name is Manu. Um, that's a cool fucking name. Yeah. Great name. Um, (laughs) she helped you know, she like reach. she modeled for us once and she was just like, so in love with fashion, like so in love with it. And like, you can like feel it oozing out of her and like, you can really feel like the energy that she like brings and like just an overall amazing person. And so is my whole team. But she had the same grit that I had that like, she wants to do this and like, she's going to figure, she doesn't give a fuck. She's yeah. going to figure it out. Like, and she learned how to sew on her own. She learned how to like pattern make on her own because like if there's no one in Orlando that can make the clothes for us, I got to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and she has that same grit. So I think that's what I was looking for and craving for, for someone that I can hopefully help her in the future. You know, I think that's such a big thing in people that sadly so many people lack. It's just that having that why and just going for it. I mean, shit. I came up with this podcast idea and I, I want to say less than a few days. I just, for three, three, four days, I pretty much sat in my apartment and I was just like, let me put a plan together. Like how, you know, what wouldn't work, what would work. And then once I was like, all right, this could actually fucking work. Yeah. Right. I, I bought equipment that like, Oh, that that's day, awesome. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm actually doing. <laughs> I just read some, but I'm gonna do it. You Google stuff, some YouTube tutorials. I'm like, dude, I, this is it. I have to do it. Yeah. And it wasn't because I needed to. There was no like. Right. I'm like, this is just something that I feel there's a good need. It helps people. It'll help people listening. It'll help guests and businesses. I support like all small businesses uh, and just good people in general. And like, you're passionate about yeah. it. And, and I think that your passion takes you 
further in life than, than anything than any passion and work ethic yeah if like, you could do that all day really work ethic comes from, from passion. passion exactly it's like so interchangeable yeah and when you find your why all of a sudden let that why be your gas exactly like just let it light up exactly and that's it agreed i think i'll keep going and then yeah that's why i i I almost hesitated a little bit with this thing because then I had to start editing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not passionate about this. Not the editing part. <laughs> but you can always like, delegate oh. those things to someone who is passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, then know? I just figured out, let's not, let's set everything up properly going into it so I have to do less editing. Exactly. That was like my first thing. Right, right. Um, I didn't have the intern yeah, to do that. plan. So not yet. I was like, yeah, I just got to learn how to not have to edit as much. Exactly. Uh, and then I could do what is fun for me. Right. Um, so when you were at Duvin, what was the... Uh, what did you learn? Like, what was the biggest thing you took from them? Like, what made branding. you... Branding. F- okay. Yeah. Branding. And, and so give a little bit behind yeah. Um, they and just also share a little bit exactly what you mean by branding. Because yes. not everyone's in the fashion world. So branding essentially is like almost creating an identity in a community behind your brand. Right? Your brand has a voice. And your voice is basically like the, the pinnacle of this like congl- small niche of people that also view the world like that or also like view their style like that you know um like behind us is like very different than what duvin is like yeah it's like yeah it's the exact opposite (laughs) um but you know it's the same principles you know um so if you present a product or you present like an idea or you present a voice to people they're gonna listen because they also feel that way yep you know what i mean and this customer base is a customer base because they view it the same way exactly and they feel like themselves in it you know and mm-hmm. I, I remember just like seeing all of these colors and shit when i was in like their actual office and i'm like that's fucking a lot of colors um <laughs> for one if anyone doesn't know duvin and you, you've been a shitty person haven't listened to the episode or gone on their page yeah, you need to listen to they it. got flamingos and all bright colors and palm trees and anything that smacks you in the face color yeah. look wise that's them yeah, you can't look past it. No. You're going to see it. Yeah. No. Yeah, you could spot a Dubin shirt or shorts. top or shorts Anywhere. from yeah. a million miles away. When I uh, pulled up and Austin came up from afar before I even, like, he saw me, he's, like, pointed at my shorts because I had Dubin board shorts from, like, seven years ago. Oh, hell yeah. So and, like, he instantly was Yeah, like, oh, that's fire. I was like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, like, that was, like, the, where I learned mostly about branding. Um, more in depth. I think I knew about branding. I knew of the aspect of branding. Um, beforehand, but like they really honed in on like, you know, their marketing, their content, like everything like that. I really took with me and they built, um, they built a community. Yeah. And like, that's something that I think is the most important thing with any business is creating a community that supports you as well as like see, sees themselves in you. And I think a lot of things in fashion nowadays, like there's brands popping up everywhere, Yeah, you know? Um, but the only ones that are succeeding is the one with an actual voice mm-hmm. and something that sticks for sticks up to something and like actually has like a just a way of expressing themselves where they feel like they have something to say i think a lot of brands or people that start brands are like well people are making money off this let me just start one too and i can make money off of it you know I wish it was that easy yeah <laughs> it is not easy at all to make money off of clothes but it's just the aspect of like being able to say what you want to say and like having the people that have been saying it, but never had a place to go. I think the, and a big part, what I liked about uh, when Austin was talking about too, is they were comparing the Volcom and Hurley. And back in the day, those brands, 
their logo really sold them. It yeah. wasn't even like the brand, right? You know, Vans had their right. That, that was different. That's a community and a brand, but really for the other ones, it was more of a logo and the name. Yeah. And then we see kind of those starting to fall off, and mm-hmm. these like more individual, you know, the Duvins and everything. Yeah, where it's like you know exactly. The personality of the creators, the designer, the owners, like you just, you know how they live. It's like you know exactly who they are without even meeting them. Exactly. And And that was like the thing that I took away the most. And it was like, just being able to see that was really cool. And it's just like one of those things that like, I think now being more niche and like having a small community is what's really going to make these companies and brands thrive the most. When you're, when you're like too open in terms of like who you can actually bring in too general. Yeah. If you're too general, then you're not really creating someone that is like, could pour their heart out to you. Yeah. You know, like you're not general brands already. So like anyone's not going to do it. Exactly. So I think that was something that I really brought away. What was your biggest fear or obstacle when you went, you transitioned from leaving Duvin Mm -hmm. or starting your own? Like, uh, it was just mainly like the quality aspect. Now I have an expectation. Now I'm like, I've touched these clothes. I need to do better than them. Not do better than them, but like I have a a scale that I need to meet now. So I can't like sell clothes that I know have more quality than them. I I just won't, I won't pour money into it. Or I just know already. Like I'm not good. Consumers aren't stupid. You know, a lot of consumers nowadays are really knowledgeable. Yeah. And I don't want to like jip them or like, especially me knowing cognitively like, I know like the quality aspect has to be here now, like touching their clothes and like packing orders. I'm like, fucking hell, this is good. (laughs) And then I'm like, I need to be at that same scale, you know? Um, And I think that's what like kind of feared me because I know that's an investment and that's a, also like a lot of like sampling and trying things out and trying a lot of loss of money in there too. Oh yeah. I've spent, I've lost lots of money. (laughs) Let's have some fun though. Let's hear, let's hear some of these failures. Um, yeah, sure. Because um, I, I think the a big part of this podcast too is I want I want everyone listening, whether they're thinking of starting their own or just trying to understand businesses yeah. more. Is no business starts gets up and running and it's never fluent. Oh no, it's never like a nice easy. Path, you know, yeah, yeah, no. It's like trying to just uh, hike through uh, fucking like a I, shitty ass forest or something. Well, yeah, or night. Mount Everest, yeah, yeah back yeah. down or something. Yeah. Never hiking ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so a few, I mean, I have quite a few, but I would say like a few, like, so through the money that I got from um, that, uh, where I was selling shit. The trade, yeah, okay. The, the online the and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, I actually spent all of it on t-shirts that I actually manufactured in like garment dyed. Um, and the quality is phenomenal. I got the sample in and I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this is going to hit. Uh and I, I ordered a bunch of them. And I remember I ordered like, let's say I ordered like 100. Fit, I ordered like 100 specifically a specific style. It was supposed to have like a, like a thicker neck, like a mock neck. Okay. And the production company sent me like 50 wrong necks, like collars. Yeah. And I ordered 200 t-shirts. So half of them were the wrong collars. So the sizing was fucked up. The collars were all fucked up. And because I sent it from the production company to the dye house, they don't take refunds. Because they had an extra step of me altering it. So I was like, I get the order and I'm like, what is this? And I remember just like, it was like a lot of money. Like through the processes, the two different processes, I'm like, I'm down like 
three thousand dollars and that was at the beginning like that's obviously small money um yeah not at but the beginning, but not at the beginning yeah, i'm like that's, that's all my money yeah sort of, <laughs> yeah that's do or die type of money yeah. at the start of something so i was just sitting there like wow i'm kind of fucked um and i remember just sitting there like trying to like fold everything and get everything together because this is when i started my second company um and i just was like so like wow this is terrible and so i kind of looked past that and i got the t-shirts ready this is just like a like a conglomerate of shit all in like one month. So I remember I got the t-shirts, I sorted out the sizing and I'm like, okay, I had three graphics that I was printing and I remember bringing it to a print house and in Orlando. Uh, and I still do work with him now, but, and he's a great guy, but like at the beginning I sent him a uh, Photoshop file. And when you do like screen printing, the Photoshop file has to be perfect or else the, like the actual image is going to be fucked up. So I sent it to him, and I'm not like Photoshop McGee. I didn't know about it that well. So I was like, okay. And he printed one without me there. Um, and like that's what no, normal screen printers do. They just run the, the screen. And he ran the whole thing, like 50 p- pieces. And I remember going there. That's his fuck up, though, right? It, it, yes Ish? and no. It, he shouldn't have like gone on with it. And like he apologized, gave it to me for free. Like He definitely made up for it. Okay. Um, but I should have sent a better Photoshop file. And I was like so ignorant to like, I didn't know anything about screen printing. Um, and I remember going there and just being like, bro, this is not my graphic at all. Now, so now I'm down 50 T's that were already the wrong colors. And now I'm down 50 more T's because the, the, like, the image is fucked up. Jesus. And I was like, wow, this is ass. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder nobody wants to do this shit. Um, and I remember just being there like, damn, this is uh, another one that kind of sucked. And I remember just doing that. And, you know, luckily it, they sold. You know, I moved them. I was going to say, did you, did you have to I didn't, give them away? Did you no, have to I actually moved them like somehow. I moved them. Um, and I was actually like, uh, I actually had some of our stuff in House of Lang, um, like at the beginning. And I met Christine at like a, one of the markets when I was selling vintage. And I remember like presenting to her when she was first, like, I remember I was gonna say they didn't start that long ago. No, no. So I remember going like, to house on Lang, like being like, uh, I have this men's brand and this is when they were renovating the house. Like yeah. nothing's in there. Cause yet. they started that like summer of 2020. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So <laughs> right I, when COVID. Hit, yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Right there. Um, so I remember being like, Hey, I have this men's brand. I'd love to get it in there. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And so I did that. I had those t-shirts and luckily the other ones were good. It wasn't that they were bad. It was just like in my head, I knew yeah. what it should have been. Like perfectionist yeah, type of exactly. mentality. Like, yo, this is, awful. this is not what someone I else might be like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, exactly. No, Everyone's like, this is fire. <laughs> I'm like, this is not fire. This is not what I wanted. So the other threes did really like they did good. And then I remember I did a, a hoodie and I did a hoodie and it was like this lavender hoodie. Cause that was like my color for this company, this brand. And I was like, okay. And I did it like a sun faded. So sun faded is like when vintage t-shirts are like basically like from the top down, it's like a discoloration. And it's mainly from like natural wear and tear of like wearing it out. Like Harley Davidson t-shirts have it a lot because like they're on a motorcycle and all the time. Yeah. yeah. They're fucking in the sun sweating. So disgusting. yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> but, um, so I basically was like, I wanted to make this. And I remember it was like at the beginning, it was like, 50 bucks to make. And I wasn't at a brand capacity yet to like charge $200 for yeah. a hoodie or like 150 or 100. So I sold it for 60. 
because Damn. I was like, I just need to move these products, you so, know? So with, people with shipping and shit, you're, you're, Oh yeah. Right I bet like three bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean like, you know, so I remember making them and being like, wow, this is crazy. And I remember I sold two hoodies and I was like, this is not what I want to be doing. And this is at the same time when I first started Pearl Ivory. So, uh, I started Pearl Ivory simultaneously as this drop was happening. And I started like selling vintage online a little bit like this, like in a curated way that I was talking about. And I started making money and like making more sales than I did on the hoodies. And I'm like, I'm just going to go all in on this because this is like something that I can get at capacity and I love it and I'm not designing it. And now this is kind of it now. So. And then, so where did you go with that? Like, uh, cause this sounds like this is the birth of Pearl Diver. Yeah. So okay. I started like pushing it. Um, I started getting more inventory. So a dream of mine was always to throw a pop-up. Um, I love retail. Like I love like presenting, uh, clothes in like a retail environment, like on hangers and all that shit. Yeah. Just cause I saw my dad do it. And like, he was so detailed with how he would present his, uh, basically his like little small showroom in front of like people at the, these trade shows. Yeah. So I remember just being like, okay, if I want to present a pop-up, I have to get a bunch of product mm -hmm. and i'm like i could probably do that with vintage clothes because like i could go to you know wherever and get like small amounts and but i couldn't do that with brand like stuff that i'm designing because you have to order like if i want like a whole rack filled of our own product that's like 15 20 designs yeah, I that i have to f manufacture at scale and like have minimums and that's like 50 piece per you know, yeah, 12, 15 yeah. items trying to flip it for yeah, for whatever, either what, small margins, way yeah. too much money. Or no now I'm buy. sitting on all this product. Yep. So that was kind of like how I envisioned. And the way that I curate things is how would I, what would this piece look like in a luxury environment? And that's kind of like, is that kind of where you always wanted the brand to be? Yeah. In that, like, and like top that, tier. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where I think it's going. Okay. Um, especially yeah, it's where, very New York vibes. Yeah. So, um, can't so, go cheap on that. No, no way. <laughs> um, and again, like the quality aspect, again, is just the best that you can get. And I stand behind that. Uh, so I was just like, okay, let me just push this. And like, I knew, I finally knew the aesthetic that I wanted to present after all these brands and branding and stuff like that I've learned. I'm like, I think I have a grasp on what I want to present. So I started just like posting on Instagram and like starting, I remember I started like, on my personal page on Instagram, like, Hey, I just started this, you know, other brand that you guys should go follow. It's <laughs> like, Oh, another one. And they're like, fucking hell, another one. And I remember like at the beginning I had like five followers that day it, like five of my own, you know, followers followed it or whatever. And I started posting it and you know, things grew and grew and like now we're at like 13,000 and it, we opened it February of last year. Oh shit. So Year and a half. Yeah, about a year so and right half. now. Yeah. Oh shit. So happy year and a half. Yeah. Cheers, man. <laughs> yeah. It's fairly <laughs> new. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go for a drink. Yeah. Right. So but, then, and so, did you actually get this spot? When did you get this spot? When you compared to when you started it? Um, in January. Of so this, this year. year. Okay. Um, and that was another thing that I've always dreamed of was having a showroom and like making it appointment only and having that like experience that I could present to people when they're like actually shopping with us you know and, yeah let's get into that because uh, when you told me earlier i was like hey let's use your spot and mm -hmm. i was like but are there gonna be customers coming in now I'm like nah he's like nah we do appointment only yeah and i was like 
I want to respond right now and find out what the fuck that means. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. And then, so now here we go. Let's uh, Yeah, let's so it. the appointment only aspect was mainly because I wanted to create, like, an actual intimate experience for the consumer, right? A lot of times if you go into a store and it's, like, filled up or, like, whatever it is, there's no one-on-one communication with the owner or the sales rep and the consumer. Yeah. And I always wanted to present, like, an experience where, like, they feel really safe and you you like almost can go through the racks without feeling any source of like pushing of like, you should fucking buy that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, this one's the best one. Yeah. yeah go like, for that right, one. You don't even know me yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we get a better idea of like who our consumer is. We get a better idea of like what they're looking for. You know, a lot of people like love pants. I fucking love pants. Um, so they come in here and they're like, I'm looking for this. And I'm like, okay, what sizes are you? And they're like, I'm this size. So pants, a lot of people know their pants sizes, right? When it comes to vintage clothes, you need to know your measurements. Yeah. So there's a big difference between knowing like I'm a size medium because medium means so many different it's things. Range. Yeah. With brands and stuff like that. So with us, you need to know your actual measurements. You need to know what distance there is between your armpit and your other armpit and the length from your neck down to your like waste i couldn't guess that. yeah exactly <laughs> and that's and it's so common you know like uh so we help our consumers when they come in we're like we'll measure these t-shirts that'll fit you the best or like they'll try a t-shirt on and they're like this fits amazing and i'm like okay before you go i'm gonna give you your measurements because when you know your measurements you can shop online forever yeah and you don't have you could feel fully confident like i'm getting this piece because these are the measurements that i am so when people come in we help them get their measurements we help them like kind of view themselves and like what pieces that we think would fit them the best and like where like you know where would your jeans fall on your shoes that's so important to us yeah length is really important yeah nowadays too i feel like that's a real hot trend exactly like flares and all that stuff it's super big and we try to like push like you know our consumers to be really knowledgeable on these um clothes so when people come and shop with us at appointments we're able to give them that experience and we also want to feel unattainable a little bit and like, oh, yeah. you know, give them the experience that like when you come into a showroom environment, you feel like special yep. and you feel like, you know, not everyone gets to have this, not to say that this is an opportunity, but to not, not everyone gets to just walk in here every day and look through all their clothes. So yeah, let's say you a rack of shit. It's like, yeah. Hey, they cut out this amount of time for me to view stuff. They're asking right. me questions that show that they're actually care and want yeah. to know how this will work for me, what I want. Exactly. So it all feels like a big special moment. Exactly. And it's cool when I see them out, you know, and they're like, yo, what's up? And I remember them, you know, like if, if I just had this thing open all day and like people just walk in and out, I don't give a fuck, you know, like, and not to say that that's any different than any other business, but exactly. It's in and out. And I never wanted it to feel like that. Like you have an hour to an hour and a half of us literally having a conversation about any, everything and you being able to feel confident in the selections that you pick. You what know. what made you do that? Because Duvin is a warehouse that sells online. So mm-hmm. this is like almost a completely opposite experience. So where yeah. did you even pick up the idea of all that? So our main, uh, we sell online um, and that's where like 98% of our sales okay. come from. Um, but the showroom aspect was to basically give people, um, one, we needed an office space, you know. Two, we needed a space where I feel like I could finally present all of the clothes in an environment that they deserve. So all of these pieces, all 600 or 500 pieces, I selected by my hand. Like I went and I'm like, I want this one. I want this one. I don't want that one. I don't want that one. I want this one. So that's all of these. So 
I like all of the pieces that are here, like we take a timely manner to like get everything. Um, and it's really important for us to like everybody to feel that same kind of energy. Um, so the showroom was like really to give us one that kind of like leverage and that, I guess the respect as a brand and two to really show people like just to show like how much quality is involved in this brand and the pieces that are involved. How, how did that work out starting it? Cause it's, that's a very distinct, specific way mm-hmm. that normally you have to have this huge, well-known brand before yeah. you get into that type of mindset or strategy. Right. How did that work starting almost from the start doing it? Yeah, that it was way? scary. I mean, we didn't get this. So from fe- last February, we started our online store and we were able to grow pretty, you know, at a good rate. Um, so Just by word of mouth? Uh, word of mouth, uh, Instagram, we like did a few things. They were seen on a couple people, like stuff like that. Um, and we just kind of wanted it to be like in an environment that I think this is just our next step. You know, I can't sell my clothes out of like my parents' yeah, garage yeah. anymore. You know, <laughs> I wanted to actually do it and like treat it as an actual company. And I remember just like I, I decided to do it back in uh, January or no, it was like in October. It was always my dream to have a showroom, like an office space or like a, just a space in general to like show these pieces yeah. because I think Orlando was missing that. Your own little canvas. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, we don't have any, there's like almost no shops in downtown Orlando. The sad, the sad thing is it's all bars and restaurants. Right. There's no stores. There's no shopping. Yeah. And I, I wanted to give people that, you know, aspect or that opportunity to like do that. And I also wanted to connect with people that are in the same niche as me. You know, because those people are here in Orlando, yeah. but there's no place for them to go. And I wanted to give them that outlet. And I wanted to, you know, make them feel like, you know, there is a community for me here. Because, like, when I was first starting, I felt so alone. You know, I didn't I didn't have anyone. It was just me and my homie. And we were, like, just telling each other, like, we're going to fucking make it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just telling each other. Just put it out in the universe. Because we didn't have anyone else to tell yeah. us. Like, we didn't have people that, like, really supported us, like it takes time and it's mm-hmm. a lonely road, you know? And so I think over time, like I wanted, I basically like talking to the like younger me, like when I was in that situation to be like, Hey, there's a space here. And like people come in all the time and like ask me questions and I help try to help them where I can. And like, just really get to know them. And I, I the showroom aspect gives me the opportunity to do that. And do, what's your next kind of, where, where do you f- see this going? Like, um, so we're actually, three steps ahead on everything you yeah, do. So. We're doing more pop-ups. So we just did a pop-up two weeks ago for New York Fashion Week. Oh, shit. Yeah, we were there in, like, Soho, and we, like, rented a, a retail space, like, Thought. completely, like, white, like, open canvas, and we were able to kind of present our product in, like, another city. Um, and I think that's where we're going to do it. How'd it go? Great. Yeah, it did really good. Um, How'd we, you even get into that? Uh, like, the... Do you get the yeah. space? I mean, there's like uh, things that like, I mean, dude, I called everybody in New York. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I reached out to the same guy that owns the this space. I think I reached out like eight, twelve times, and I was so, like, so "What you got to do?" Man. Just you kept pitching him my idea, pitching fuck. my idea, yeah, pitching my idea, and he was like, "No, no, no." And I remember, so it was during it was September 9th through the eleventh, um, and basically. I was like, I just kept pitching it to him. I started pitching this idea back in like March, man. Damn, this guy's like, and the guy's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And like, they kept rejecting the idea. And it was at the end of July. And I remember I was like here with my girlfriend 
and like another uh, individual that works with us, her name's Alex, and she does all our photography. She's great. But we were all in here, and I remember I got an email, and it said like your idea got accepted, and I'm like, okay, like, like we're fucking doing it. You know, I only had a month to get ready. What made what made the guy change his mind? I guess like maybe some things like worked out where like someone fell through and like Whatever. like the world was <laughs> like you could have it, and I'm like, all right, let's do it, and. It got we got a month to get ready, um, and yeah, we did it. And I think the next thing is to keep doing stuff like that. Um, we want to do one in Paris, and like London, and is that, but is that like the next one? Or uh, is that we're gonna be in like, Miami, hopefully okay. at the end of the year. Um, we're gonna do one in Orlando, uh, probably like either October or November. So are these like bigger pop ups, right? Or like yeah, fashion pop ups. So it's during this a great time in those cities. Um, so like New York Fashion Week, we did it during then because it was Fashion Week. Yeah. Um, but we wouldn't have done it during like, I don't know, March, just because it's still <laughs> yeah, it's, fucking cold. it's cold as shit. It's March, <laughs> you know. So we wanted to do it during a, like a an actual like time that it made sense. So we're gonna do that. We did that New York one, and I think like at the beginning I was like, man, I'm gonna move to New York, you know, like when we were there, and like being there. It's first off, it's expensive. Yeah. as shit so and wild and crazy. yeah it's crazy so but then i was like you know what like if we just stick to this business model we never need to leave where we're at yeah you know like With fashion you i feel like it's moving away from needing to be in a certain city. yeah exactly it doesn't we don't need a brick and mortar we have enough technology and enough yeah ways social to, media yeah. and all that stuff and so i think being able to have pop-ups for a really small amount of time is kind of like our next move um, in terms of like being, cause I think marketing goes like this, mm-hmm. you know, I think marketing right now is really oversaturated on, you know, social media. So it's like, how can we create an experience in person? And like, I want someone to walk away and be like, holy shit, that was dope. Because I, I did the same thing when I was in Miami. i when I was in Miami, uh, I was walking during around Wynwood and it was, uh, there was a pop-up for Glossier which is like a makeup company. Okay. I don't wear makeup, but it was, like, <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to uh, judge. But, yeah. you know. I was, uh, I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. Like in this random ass square, these people made a beautiful retail envi- experience and there's like lines up the road for it and stuff. And they're only there for a limited amount of time. So I'm like, this is such a dope model. And I did two pop-ups last year in Orlando, um, in downtown. And then I did the one in New York and then now we're working on, you know, the next one, next one. And then we're starting to like really hone in on our own designs, um, in like a very sustainable route. And we're, that, I think that's where we're going next. So what in that aspect? So you said design, mm-hmm. so are you going to start designing? So we're going to start making our own products. Um, so like those green pants, we designed them and like cut and sew them and everything. They're made out of like Japanese cotton. Who, who sews them? Uh, we have like a really small production team in Orlando. Oh, cool. So we do everything in Orlando. Nice. And like, we really like try to hold on to that, Hell yeah. you know? Um, and we don't like, we don't import anything. The only thing that we'll import is fabrics yeah. just because, Japanese cotton fabrics. Yeah. 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 So we can't do that. But like everything in terms of like actually building the products, all of the content we shoot, all of the content team that we have, everything is here in house. And we like want to stick with that as much as possible. So, okay. Do you have any ideas you want to drop or any like styles of what you're Uh, thinking for the design? Yeah. So, I mean, we're probably going to do another colorway of that pant. Um, And so right now it's an avocado green. Um, and now we're going to probably do a black 
And then we did like a crop. That's called avocado green. Yeah, that's what it said. That's like the, that's it like might, when the air touches it. It might not be. Yeah, yeah. It might <laughs> not like, be. That looks it a little brown. It's a little darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what it said on the thing. So I was like, ah, fuck. I it. love my avocados. Yeah, but that's not the avocado you want. Yeah, that no back. way. Yeah. <laughs> so probably in black. And then we did like some cropped hoodies that we did back in the day that we're going to um, up, like basically uh, up the, the fabric, like quality, and then kind of drop uh, a color palette that we really think kind of sticks with our brand. And then we're doing like some other uh, stuff where we're using like basically vintage material to push all of the products that we're making. So basically we're going to, I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, 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 yeah stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. So then, all right, last, uh, last couple questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, with your whole, the whole journey as a whole, what, what's been your biggest learning uh, aspect of business-wise? And then what's, what was your biggest learning as a human yourself? I think as business, I would say you run a lot faster with the team. Um, you can't do this shit on your own. No. No. And I think that a lot of people think they can. Or, like, they, they're like, I don't want to hire people or whatever it is. Because, like, for me, it was tough for me at first because I'm, like, I'm so, like, specific in what I want that I'm, like, I don't want... To bring someone on and yeah, if I don't maybe trust have them. different ideas yeah. and, like, ruin... I don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. I, I want to, like, be able to, like, collaborate with my team. And, like, we all have a very similar vision. And, like, I kind of found those people. The right ones. Yeah. The and, right like, fits. They're the best people in the city hell yeah yeah they're yeah, I'll, I'll come back and yeah please you're gonna need yeah they're amazing uh and just their work is like some of the best quality people they're very like they're amazing they're just they're, like I, they're like really slept on in like the amount of like detail and quality that they bring to the table that's awesome yeah you so. just hear the passion that you have for your own team oh i fucking love them that's like yeah they're amazing fuck yeah, without them you. i won't have shit to be honest oh, yeah so i think me as a business like having them on helped me a lot and, like, working with friends is always, like, one of those, like, really, you know, scary zones. But I think we all have created a relationship, and I hope whenever we talk again that it will be the same. But, like, <laughs> I we have a really good, like, relationship and understanding each other. And um, once you get on that same wavelength, yeah. it flows a lot different. You can normally see, like, you can almost tell into the future, like, mm-hmm. either, hey, this might have some continuous rocky roads, or you're like, all right, I think we're yeah, aligned. We're like, yeah, we're we're the materials of this pants. Exactly. And here we go. Exactly. So we're we're really happy about that, and I'm I'm so fortunate for them. And like not like, and we're friends, so it's really cool. cool. And like, we really care about each other, and we really care about like, if you need a day off, you need a day off. You know, it's not like one of those things that's like, no, you're working. The corp- the yeah, we're not going down corporate. that road. No. And then I think personal. Um, I think it's just about uh, like this. You can't have balance in this. But trying to create as much balance as you can is important. Uh, Be conscious about yeah, it. Yeah, being cognitive of all of that stuff is really important just because it's like you'll burn out. Yeah. You know, like I worked <laughs> like every day, still do. And like, but now I have more of a balance of like, you know, going to play whatever I like to do on that outside of work. And like, what is try, it? What is pickleball, it? bro. Pickleball. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Pickleball's the shit. Um, but just creating an, I don't want to lose my own personal identity to my work. And I think that's something that like I've learned through like, you know, therapy and all the other things like that, that really helped me. So that's, that's important, man. I mean, when I started with the business, then with my mom passing and then also work, I actually use this to try to unbalance, but like save my 
self from going down a darker rabbit right. hole. Sorry. And then now I'm kind of, thanks man. And now it's like, now I got to remember who I am, what I want. And now I got to rebalance everything the way I want. Exactly. So it's almost like reshaping the balance of where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I so think that's super that's, important. Yeah. Especially in business, man. This, yeah. this shit can suck you in for real. And you can be successful and then just look back and be like, I had no I wish fucking I life. I was never happy. Like, ugh. yeah, exactly. So. And like, that's so many stories that I hear. So I don't want to be like another one. Oh yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we I mean, wrap this up? No, I mean, this is dope. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we did this. This was super cool. And um, no, I just, if you guys want, if you ever have time to make an appointment and come see us, we'll probably do a pop-up soon. So I hope to meet you guys Definitely all. be there. But yeah, sure. hell yeah. Give a shout out to all your uh, website, your social. Yeah. Um, so it's Pearled Ivory, P-E-A-R-L-E-D-I-V-O-R-Y. And then it's pearledivory.com. Hell yeah. Well, go check them out, everyone. And next pop-up, we'll share it on the podcast page as well. Uh, so tag us in there and we'll tag you, tag you guys yeah, in. Yeah, hell yeah. All, All right, right man. man. Good, good seeing you, man. You too, bro. Thanks.